It's the show with Paul and Jamie and Russell and Johnny. And all we do is talk about the Buckmans. We don't talk about the Petries too often, but sometimes they come up more often than you would think. I love when you write a song. Off the top of my head, my friend. I think you wrote that before the podcast started. That is not true. A year and a half ago. A year and a half, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I didn't delete one of the instances wherein I used the word often in two sentences. (laughs) Well, you lost me. Oh, I see what you're saying. I said often a lot. I didn't have to. Hey, don't beat yourself up. No one noticed. I shouldn't. Now it's all they can think about. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Mad About Mad About You, your Mad About You recap podcast. My name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. John, you're a little under the weather, yeah? Yeah, I'm sick as a dog, okay? So everyone, uh, I'm going to sound a little weird. I might be a little grumpy. (laughs) For a change. For a change. The typical jovial John Marbley. Yeah, jovial John is um, on vacation. He's not on vacation. He got the crap beat out of him. He's lying (laughs) on my bed. He's lying on your bed. Yeah. My goodness. Well, what about I you? hope you. Well, what's up with you? I'll talk about what's been up with me. Wow me. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> Give me the elevator. <laughs> the elevator pitch for your life. We'll get to what's up with me a little bit later. Oh, he got engaged again. Guys, I haven't fouled it up. Two for two. I yeah, I enjoyed being engaged so much the first time around. I decided to every week. That's always my new news. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that right now we're going to talk about mad about you this is i believe this is episode 62 of mad about mad about you is that correct you are correct sir beautiful and the episode that we're going to be talking about of mad about you is season two episode 15 are you joking you try to do that from memory yes or did i say season two yes season three episode 16 i was so off Everybody. I See, think episode 16. I think you're right. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Who knew it would right. be so hard to, to keep track? Yeah. It's not like we can write these things down or look It's episode 16. It's episode 16. Season I was three, right. episode 16. You're just always wrong and you make me second guess my own completely accurate numbers. I'm sorry to be an anchor. I'm the numbers guy. I'm, the <laughs> I'm an ideas man and you're a numbers <laughs> That's guy. That's right. That's why this works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've got... <laughs> Roving reporter Gary Berard out in the van telling us which way to go. Oh, wait. I totally forgot. He uh, Don't we have something to bring up from him? Maybe. Possibly. Probably. Remember? We'll look into it. I'm First, let me tell you all. You keep talking. The episode is called The Alan Brady Show, and it premiered on February 16th, 1995. Yes. TV guide? Please. What'd they say? A TV legend, Carl Reiner, agrees to narrate Paul's documentary about TV but only if his own show gets more mention. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Succinct, clear, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it focuses on the the meat of the episode. Yes. Oh, yeah, the Jamie and her mom and Lisa stuff is just filler. A real bummer, but yeah. I, no, I mean, I loved it. Not a bummer. It's just uh, yeah. like... It's, not, it's fluff. It's a real sliding scale when it comes to this episode. Well, it's like, I get it. We all need a break from the fun part. Right. <laughs> from the, yeah, we can't, we can't have fun all the time. We can't have fun all the time. <laughs> gotta that eat your vegetables said, they're great oh yeah those scenes are great they are they're fun but you know i do this is my favorite episode of the show maybe i loved it so much great i loved it loved 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 it this is well, one of the shows i cite when i try to explain to people that mad about you is not a garbage dumb sitcom from the 90s you're right but it's also funny that it's like no nah, it's not garbage from the 90s it features a legend from the 50s. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, if I may. If this, you may, may uh, uh, I'm going to make you say it now. If I may, may <laughs> I, listen, I, okay, I, so, listen. Uh-oh. I was trying to do a mame. <laughs> oh, we're mame. I'm sick. <laughs> I'm sick. How dare you take advantage of my vulnerable brain right now? I forgot we call this Mamet. I was thinking of David Mamet. Oh, my goodness. 
Wait, what do you think I was thinking of just now? I thought when I said mame and I said, if I mame and if you mame, I was referring to our show. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's very good. Great. You were coining a phrase. Yes, I was. Yeah. Well, we'll use it from now on. I love it. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, this is a very Dan Harmon. Listen, I don't watch Dan Harmon shows really, but I would hear uh, comedy nerds going nuts over like community and stuff. Yeah, and it's how a great show. All these universes and everything. Yep. And this episode, I would argue, is the most Dan Harmony thing that ever aired in the 90s. Could be. Right? Because we're mixing universes and realities a little. I don't know if I would relate it to Dan Harmony, but I mean, look, the fact that... So this episode called The Alan Brady Show, Alan Brady is the character from The Dick Van Dyke Show. Carl Reiner plays his character from The Dick Van Dyke Show in this episode. You're getting into my segment there, Russ. I'm sorry. Why don't you stay on your side of the podcast? That's fine. That's fair criticism. Okay, so you could just say no. It's not very Dan Harmony. Uh, I can live with that. (laughs) What were you going to talk about? Well. What's your thing? Speaking of our friend Gary. Oh, yes. Oh, wait. Before that. Yeah? I found it. Gary texted the roaming, uh, what do we call him? The roaming? The roaming reporter of Midtown. No, it's something, isn't it? Is it roving? Roving reporter. Yeah, the roving reporter or the roving runner of Midtown? The roving runner. That's it. The roving runner of Midtown. Two words that mean basically the same thing. Yeah. Well, yes. (laughs) He texted us midweek. So last week, uh, you know, we covered the episode, uh, the episode that revolved around Murray, where he's auditioning for a TV show in the last scene. And the guy who's playing the director of that TV show is the actor who played Data on Star Trek The Next Generation. Right. Brent Spiner. Yes. And we were wondering if they were still friends because they worked together, uh, what, on a Broadway show or something, right? Many years later. I believe that's correct, yes. yes. And uh, and we were wondering, we were like, oh, do you think they knew each other, remembered each other or not? And Gary, the roving runner of Midtown, texted us, not only can I confirm 100% that Helen Hunt remembered Data, I believe they're actually friends because, now this is some cutting intelligence. In 2002, I worked at a Jean George restaurant called 66, now defunct, and I bust their table as they were eating dinner together. There you go. Boom. I mean, Inside isn't that intel. There's yeah. some hot goss. He said he was not in his kabuki makeup, which I think is making fun of me. <laughs> isn't that Love something? It. That's a job well done, Gary. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Stay on the case. <laughs> Very neat. Yeah, we need, we need more info. Yeah. Sorry, Russ. I cut you off. What's your segment? So, well, it ties into this episode kind of nicely. Thank God. Because Gary was good enough to offer me a ticket to Paul Simon's last concert ever this past week. You know, he offered me one, too. Did he? And I was in Austin. That's right. I did know that. It killed me. It was I had no idea it was his last show. Yeah, it sure was. The photo you posted, you could practically touch his feet. Yeah, we were eighth row. Oh. They said the area will be open at three, where you can just kind of like mill about. Or start to line up. We'll open the gates at 5. And the show starts at 7. So we got there at like 4, 4.15. By the time we walked to the gates, it was 4.30. We hung out for 30 minutes. Then they opened the gates. And we kind of hustled a little. But for me, I know just like as we were approaching, I was like, okay, we'll get stopped here. They'll say, here's as far as you can go. Right. Everybody down there has VIP tickets. Or they, or they sold a different. Yeah, it was all general admission. It was all general admission. And by the time we got up, when I hit like the area that I thought was going to max me out, there was a sign that just said, no blankets beyond this point. Wow. So I was like, I don't have a blanket. Yeah. And we just, we just hustled. Oh. And we got, yeah, it wasn't official rows, but like we were eight people deep right. for Paul Simon for his last show. It was where was pretty it? Corona Park, Flushing Meadows Corona oh, Park. Oh. Yeah. Nice. By US Open and- uh... Yeah. Capital, what? Yeah, the Capital Records. The Bank Baseball Stadium where the Mets play? The Citibank, yeah. Citibank, yeah, Capital Records. (laughs) Right by the two uh, flying saucers from Men in Black. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is that what you call them? I can't remember what the, what's the actual I call them the towers from, oh, I don't know what the actual, I think of them as from the uh, World's Fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't like Men in Black. Okay. It was a whole thing. I didn't realize it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing with prior friends. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> My old improv team. <laughs> I tried watching it one night. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> then they bought it for me as a goof. 
It's just too kooky. It is very kooky. And I love Barry Sonnenfeld. I was him for Halloween last year, I think, if you recall. Did you just say you were Barry Sonnenfeld for Halloween? Yes. You're my favorite person. Well, for a very specific reason. It was an Adams Family Halloween fundraiser for Puerto Rico because my friend's dad played uh, Gomez, and they're Puerto Rican. Okay. So he, in honor of his father, did a fundraiser, and it was an Adams Hang Family on a second. theme. Who's your friend's dad? Raul Julia. Are you being serious? Yeah, yeah. I met him. Uh, he's a New Yorker. He was at the Flea Theater when I was. John! What? Well, first of all, that's amazing. I didn't know any of this. And secondly, <laughs> nobody's ever referred to, like, introduced the idea of Raul Julia by saying, my friend's dad is Puerto Rican. <laughs> I bet they have. Oh, Especially yeah, in the old days. And he played <laughs> Gomez Adams. So, you know. Well, so the point is, wow. I hate dressing up for Halloween because I think it's stupid. Fair enough. But I was like, if I, if I could go as a, someone who worked on the film. You did a great job. But then I really got into it. I believe it. And I went to Lids and I got a custom hat that said, no, no, Mr. Sonnenfeld's my father. You can call me Barry. Because <laughs> I knew no one would get it if I didn't have like a pretty on the nose clue. Because I just had glasses and like a vest. Right, right. And like a viewfinder around my neck. <laughs> this is a great costume. Yeah, I thought so. Oh my gosh. I love anyway, it. Anyway, not a man of black fit. Keep going, though. Fair Paul enough. Simon. Paul Simon. So the show was great. And I'll tie it back to the decade by pointing out. So, well, first of all, what there's decade? a reference to the decade of the 90s of Mad About You. Oh, sure. Okay. During the time that this episode aired, Paul Simon. Well, first of all, in the episode that we watched this week, there is actually a Paul Simon reference. No way. Yeah. Fran does her little charades. Oh, yes. Sure, there is. Yes. And one of the charades that she does, the last one that Paul guesses correctly is Bridge Over Troubled troubled Water. water. Yes. Very funny. And so, A, there's that. So that's how this is valid and legitimate. Great. Okay. (laughs) But during the 90s, during the time that this episode aired, Paul Simon was hard at work. Do you know what he was working on in the mid-90s? Graceland. (laughs) No. (laughs) Getting the Olympics to come to New York. I don't. I don't know. He was working on The Cape Man. The Cape Man? Do you know what The Cape Man is? No, it sounds oh, bad. Oh, John. It sounds like a forgotten disaster. Oh, John. Is it? I'm obsessed with this. Is it a TV show? It's a musical. It's oh. a Broadway musical that Paul Simon wrote the music and lyrics to. Great. And it is often regarded as the biggest flop in Broadway history. He worked on it for years and years. It's based on a true story from the 50s about a gang member named Salvador Agron, who was 16 years old, and he killed two other 16-year-olds because he thought that they were in a gang, and he got busted, and he got arrested, and he got a life sentence, or he got a a death sentence, rather. And that then got was commuted to a life sentence, and while he was in prison, he educated himself. He kind of repented, but he was just like, I was 16 and I fell in with the wrong group and I did a bad thing, but I'm not that kind of person anymore. And he was in prison for, I think, until his 40s. And so Paul Simon decided to write a musical about this. That's interesting. It's so interesting. And it bombed. I think it would do better now. The music is very good. Musically, it's very good. The book sucks. Lyrically... Oh, lyrics. It's pretty wonky. Ah. And the book is also very, it's not a good show. Is this the Mark Anthony? Yes. Mark Anthony. Co-starred Mark Anthony. Wow. As the young Salvador Agron. Also Ruben Blades. Yeah, who's that? He is a salsa singer. Very popular at the time. Oh, husband of Luba Mason. Sure. Who is also in this show. I wonder if they met there. There you go. So the show itself is fascinating in how it doesn't work. And I'll <laughs> tell you, John, there is a documentary on YouTube. If you Google Cape yeah. Man documentary. Were you watching this? Did you post about it? I posted it a couple of weeks ago. Yes, you I did. Posted, Not knowing yeah, I, you were going to see Neil Simon. Paul Simon. Correct. Paul, ugh. Paul was, Simon? What are we wasting <laughs> our time for? <laughs> I posted the hour 15 minute version. I think there's also a two hour version. It is fascinating Uh, i'm almost insisting that you watch this yeah i probably will and everybody should because also people are really candid it's a documentary like some of it is in retrospect but they get a lot of footage as they were 
making this show happen. Sure. And like there were director problems, there were choreographer pro- right, you know, problems right. with the choreographer. It went through like three different directors. Half the cast was just like not getting it. And so they oh. got rid of half the cast. Oh, it's so fun. It's unbelievable. At one point, I was rewatching it today and Ruben Blades says, he's like, you know, when I get passionate about something, my tone of voice gets kind of cutting and people think I'm pissed off but I'm just sharing my opinion. And so then they cut to him. Like, I can in a, Sure. Then they cut <laughs> to him in a meeting, like with Paul Simon. Yeah. And he's like, basically saying, so not all of these songs are good. You know, some of the songs are, are pretty good, but it's on the scale of like excellent to adequate. And that happens. And Paul Simon's like, well, no, no, we all, we need to strive to be better than adequate and more than adequate. And he's like, sure, yeah, but you can't always write Mrs. Robinson. Ooh. Is what he says to Paul Simon. Wow. And Paul Simon's like, well, in those instances, you know, that's when the direction and the acting needs to pick things up a little bit. Wow. And just like, holy moly. <laughs> what a game of hot potato. It is awesome. It's fascinating. And to know that the show fails yes. and all of the problems. All the dramatic irony. And to see like every, yeah, there's such dramatic irony. It's like Titanic. But, yeah, and the hubris because you see Paul Simon talking about, they ask him at the beginning, they're like, why'd you do this play? Why'd you pick this play? Because that's the other thing. If you want to hear Paul Simon drop the N-bomb, like oh, because man. it's in the book. Like it's in because they're gang members. And there's a whole album of him singing the songs from the show, he released it. That was his album for the decade. Like wow. him singing the 12 of the decade? songs. Yeah, like that and maybe one or two other albums. And he's like, it's vulgar. Lots of F-bombs and liberal use of slang words for Spanish Hispanic people. people yeah. yeah. And it's a very diverse cast. Yeah, for sure. To be honest. I think Sarah Ramirez was in it, if I'm not mistaken. And who is she? She played the lady in the lake. In Spamalot and was oh. also in Grey's Anatomy. Heard of it. And yeah, the documentary is so fascinating. Like, I would love to talk with you about it. Yeah, maybe we'll do a mini-sode. I would love to do a mini-sode on it. Wow. That's great. That's it's great It's really stuff. cool. I love Showbiz Doc. Yeah, it's a great one. You know, uh, Mrs. Robinson, they just sort of crapped out. Say again? Mrs. Robinson, they just sort of crapped out. What did? The song? Yeah. It was in the uh, Mike Nichols doc. That HBO did like two years ago or one year ago or whatever. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he had them play a bunch of songs and he was like, no, no. And then they started playing. They were like, well, we have this one that's not really finished or anything. Uh huh. And he was like, yeah, that's good. Actually, yeah, can you finish that really quickly? Because <laughs> that's what the song is going to be. So they were like, that's why there's so many parts that are like, do, 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 do. That's great. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. What's new in your world? Well, I decided I don't know how much people know about all this stuff. You know what I mean? And okay. I don't know as much as I'd like to know. So I always like uh, reading up on it a little more and everything. You haven't said what the stuff is yet. Though. Sure. And, you know, I find, especially with this topic, that it's very easy to sort of get lost in the details and whatnot. But I do think that people are going to enjoy what we have to say about it. Can't help but uh, notice you still have not yet told <laughs> us what so, you're talking about. Without further ado, uh, let's see. I screwed. Oh, there we go. So, uh, well, with TV shows like this. (laughs) Oh, great. We're talking about TV shows in general. I love this. (laughs) So this show, I don't even know where to begin. This show starts. This show has Alan Brady in it. Okay. The character Alan Brady. Mad About You has Alan Brady. This episode of Mad About You has the character Alan Brady in it. Yes. The character Alan Brady is a made up character from the Dick Van Dyke show. Yes. He's Rob Petrie's boss. Yes. He's a sketch comedian who has a national TV show, Dick Van Dyke's character, Maury Amsterdam's character, and Rose Marie's character all write for him. They're, the, they're his staff writers, right? That's the workplace of that show. I acknowledge that to be the case. And that Dick Van Dyke show, of course, was created by Carl Reiner. Yes. Who played Alan Brady on the Dick Van Dyke show. Absolutely, without question. And initially, you would only see the back of his head, and then over time, once the character started getting a little more flushed out, Oh, is that the case? I didn't know that. Yeah, initially he was very self-conscious. He was like, well, this guy's supposed to be a big TV star, so I can't really play it. That's so funny. Because when they look at me, they're going to be like, that's just a guy. Oh, my God. I know. But then he started. He was like, well, we started doing episodes where he's in more of the show, and we felt mm-hmm. weird not ever showing his face. 
They were Steinbrennering him. They were Steinbrennering him. That's right. This would be the equivalent of a show like 40 years from now having Larry David on. <laughs> Just as the voice George- of Larry David. Yeah. Yeah. See, I get mixed up. Yeah. I'm on drugs right now. You're too, on okay? drugs. I'm on Benadryl. <laughs> but so Carl Reiner was a staff writer on the old Sid Caesar show. Yes. Which was a weekly sketch show in the 50s on NBC. Yes. Your show of shows. Your show of shows. And the Alan Brady show was sort of based on the Sid Caesar show. Yes. On which Carl was a staff writer. Correct. So that's the... Uh, We've A to beat it. That's the uh, lineage. Yes. Okay. Of this bit. So the character itself sort of comes... The Alan Brady character essentially in this episode is based on Sid Caesar in real life. Right? What do you know about Sid Caesar? I know a decent amount about Sid Caesar. He was the basis of the Neil Simon play, Laughter on the 23rd Floor. Yes, that's right. Which I was in in college. Oh. Met some of my very best friends doing that show. And yeah, my parents loved Sid Caesar. I know he was in Greece. He played the gym coach in Greece. I know he was in Vegas Vacation. He was very funny in Vegas Vacation. Fascinating specific list of things. And your show of shows is so great and so funny. Yes, the sketches are so contemporary. Yeah. And there's so many more on YouTube now. They were all lost for a very long time, and there were only like five available. But now there's a ton. I bought my mom a DVD of Um, your show shows. Maybe like eight years ago, something like that. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yes, I think I know that DVD. Yeah. So for those who don't know, your show of shows, the other writers that he was working with included Woody Allen, Mel Brooks, Neil Simon, the dudes who wrote Fiddler on the Roof, or Mm -hmm. the guy, Joseph Stein. I guess he did the (laughs) book, not the music, I'm guessing. Who did Fiddler on the Roof for us? Stein and something. Oh, gosh. Was it? I want to say Americ, but that's not it. Yes, I do too, but it's not. It's, not, it's like Wernick or something. Yes. The other guy. Yeah. <laughs> also, Car- guy. Yeah. Jose Carl Carreras. Reiner, Mel Tolkien, and Larry Gelbart, who created MASH. Yeah. Murderer's Row. Yes. Murder, Murder. Like everyone that shaped everything for the next 40 years that we all yeah. love. Also, Mr. Caesar, as Alan Brady does in this episode, had an insane temper. Yes. Like a crazy temper. Yes, he was a lunatic. There's a clip I found. Actually, can I send this to you right now? You want to watch it? We can try. Nah. It's so long. Oh, Harnick and Bach, by the way. Oh, I don't know what Joseph Stein did then. He wrote the book. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Music and lyrics by Harnick and Bach. (laughs) It's this article about uh, Sid Caesar's memoirs say, Mr. Caesar would rip sinks out of the bathrooms in his Great Neck Long Island family mansion. Or dangle the young Mel Brooks out of the 18th story hotel window. Oh my gosh. That story is apparently Mel was, uh, they'd been cooped up in the hotel room all day or something working. And Mel was uh-huh. like, let's go out, has Sid. Like, why'd you order dinner in? Let's go out. I want to get a little fresh air. Apparently Sid Caesar went over, lifted the window, grabbed Mel Brooks, hung him out over the street and said, is that enough air for you? That sounds like a sketch. Right. It sounds so ridiculous and over such a little, like, that would be out an a disproportionate response now. Back oh, then, I can't sure. Im- somehow like I can't imagine. No, what that, I mean, that should have been front page news. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like when Michael Jackson did it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Remember that time yeah. that Michael Jackson held Mel Brooks out of a yeah. window? Mel Brooks is the blanket of your show of shows. <laughs> and then another one is uh yeah, and he got into some fight with some guy. He was Driving down to the village to see some comedian do a show or something. It was late at night, and he gets in a fight with a guy who's sitting in his car, like, yelling at Sid or, like, nudging his car. Like, the guy's being a jerk. So Sid Caesar, though, gets out of his car, grabs the guy through the window by the collar and says, hey, do you remember the day you were born? And the guy goes, no. And he's like, well, you're about to relive it. And he pulls him through the car window that's open, but, like. Oh, my God. I love that he's got Terminator kill lines. Yes, you're right. You're right. Those are one. Oh, those are Schwarzenegger one-liners. Yeah. <laughs> the Terminator is based on Sid Caesar. Clearly. Knock, knock. <laughs> you know, honestly, that's all. That's Great. All. <laughs> that's fine. It's the best I could do, okay? I've been on Benadryl all day. There's a lot going on here. The fact that you're sick is enough. It's just like, I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm under the weather. That's why. But you're like, oh, man, this Benadryl. Whacking me well, out, man. I don't man. take Benadryl normally. That's why. <laughs> sure. It's okay. insane. You know and what? I love I just it. Tease you. I love it. Can it can be a lot. I love it. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to start taking it all the time. Yeah. 
I wake up so refreshed for about 15 minutes. <laughs> I love um, being you know, high. The thing about all this stuff, I'll be frank, and the thing about <laughs> this episode that we're recording right now, right? All of this is better watched than talked about. I completely agree. Let's- Specifically with this kind of thing. That's why I don't want to talk about it. Just go on YouTube and watch all the sketches. They're hilarious. Yeah. Not all of them. Some of them are incredibly boring. Sure. Well, that's the other thing about your show of shows is that it was 90 minutes uninterrupted every week. Yeah. That's so much time to fill. Yeah. Also, hello, SNL. You're not breaking ground. You are not. And you know, I was it 90? It was either 90 minutes or two hours. No, it was 90. Was it 90? Yeah. Because I read that today. Yeah. And that's huge. Like, that's so much time. Yeah, I know. That's why the sketches could be so long. Yeah. And also, nobody knew, uh, you know, all they had before Structure. that was vaudeville. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, true. No, no, no one knew like a quick TV commercial structure. Yeah, they really take their time with those sketches. They're less sketches and more like mini plays, which I guess Some is another way. Yeah, where it's just, oh, hello, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Please come in. Oh, can I take your coat? Yes, here's yeah. my coat. They're very these- realistic. Yeah. Ah, so how's the wife? How's the kids? Be elaborate, please. <laughs> yeah. And then they will. And Did you ever be- see a German clock one? I'm not sure. Where they all play a cuckoo clock in town square? <laughs> and every time it dings, the what the cuckoo like setup machinery does gets more and more complicated. That's really funny. And it starts to go haywire. <laughs> but it's all actors playing a different like fake people and stuff on the clock. It's so funny. That's great. Or this super avant-garde one they did where they're all these four Brits. They're super upper class and they sit down on the couch together and they're squished and they take out cigars and start to smoke them. And then water just starts to dump on their heads for no reason. That's so weird. I know. And that's I'm the like, sketch. I'm like, that's where Monty Python I know. came from. That's so cool. Yeah. Anyway. Good, good show. I love this episode. I love this universe. I love yeah. this world. Let's get into it. Let's this episode. Into, yeah. We got a new director. We do. Gordon Hunt. That's a familiar name. It is. Hunt. Oh, you think? I know. Oh, it's your dad? Yeah. Well, you look at that. How about that, huh? Oh, so she had nepotism going to the show? Yeah, business? a little bit. I didn't know that. A little bit, yeah. This guy does a lot of cartoon voice directing, interestingly enough. Of course he does. It's Helen Hunt's father. <laughs> You're right. Helen Hunt. Children. There you go. Oh, very He's handsome, man. long haul. He directs the very famous episode from a few seasons from now that's all in one shot of them. Ah, uh, sure. Out in front of uh, Mabel's bedroom. Paul's favorite uh, yeah. episode, I think? I think it's Paul Reiser's favorite episode of yeah, the show. I think, I think so. you're correct. I heard him talk about that on his little AMA. I did not. Oh, that's right. That's something we should talk about. We're we all over the place today, folks. We are. We're a scattershot. Join us, won't you? John's on Benadryl. <laughs> Last week on Twitter, Paul Reiser said this was the 26th anniversary, I think Correct. It was. 26th anniversary of the premiere of Mad About You. And so he would be welcoming questions about Mad About You and answering a few of them on Twitter. And some of you good listeners were incredibly nice in shouting us out to Mr. Paul Reiser. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. Very, very nice of you. Very thoughtful. That made us feel real, real good. Yeah. So thanks for that. I asked him to talk about Louis Zurich a little bit. He did not. I'm (laughs) taking it personally. Yeah, you should. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) he DM'd me a bunch of stories. (laughs) <laughs> but he told me not to share any of them. <laughs> I he saw also... one person on a comment, like I was doing a little bit of following up, and one person was just like, still haven't heard back from you for my question from yesterday, by the way. Oh, people and I'm like, hey, so guy. demanding. Yeah, not cool. Uh, he also, someone asked about uh, working with Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks. Yeah. Mel Brooks we'll get to, of course, in a season or two. I can't right. wait. Can't wait. But to speak with Carl Reiner, he didn't have much to say. But- he was talking about how immensely satisfying it was to sort of cram themselves into the Dick Van Dyke universe. It's really cool. You know? You don't get to yeah. do that on TV a lot. No. You know, they'll do it with like uh, Friends and Seinfeld and Mad About You, but with a show that happened 40 years prior, ugh. Pretty cool. This guy also directed something called Partridge Family 2200 AD, so I'll have to check that out. Wow. I don't yeah. know what that is. Oh my gosh. It's Partridge Family meets the Jetsons. Cool. And it aired for six months. Wow. 16 episodes. That's very interesting. Oh, we got to find that. We sure do. Here's an episode name. My son, the space. (laughs) (laughs) You want to give that one more time? No, I swear. That's what it says. My son, the. (laughs) (laughs) My son, the space ball star. Great. Uh, Woodwatch. 
What a simple machine that show was. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not kidding. Anyway. Who wrote this one? Yes, yeah, so this is his first episode. He's been working on the show for, uh, I'm almost since the beginning, but this is the first one he's got a full writing credit on. Kenny Schwartz. Oh, what would he go on to do? What do we do? We know any him from anything else? Yeah, you know, like Modern Family, and uh, uh, I'll look it up. That's okay. <laughs> no, you know why? I just wrote uh, this was his first. I forgot Great. that sometimes we care about what they go on to. You know what? I don't think we do, and we don't have to now. Why American start now? Dad, Two Girls Got a Pizza Place, American Housewife, Great. et cetera, et cetera. Shows, shows I don't really watch, so I didn't care. Sure. Yeah, shows. Well, welcome to the family, Kenny Schwartz. Yeah. I love this. I mean, the writing in this episode, it's like, is Kenny Schwartz an 80-year-old man it's who decided very, he wanted to be a TV writer? He might be. I'd be very interested in finding out how old he was when he wrote this. He really nails the style and timing of like an old, it's almost like an I Love Lucy or something. It's very much like an I Love Lucy. Here's a funny thing about me, which I think you know. Right now, I have seen one episode of The Dick Van Dyke Show. I watched I the pilot. And that's it. And I don't think he's in the pilot. I could be wrong. Dick Van Dyke? No, Carl Reiner. Oh, he's barely in the show. It grows over time. So this episode is my entree to Alan Brady. Right. Now, if and when I go and watch the Dick Van Dyke show, I'll be like, oh, it's that right. character from Mad About yeah, You. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so really this flesh is what he out. did before <laughs> Mad About You. <laughs> Let me start. Yeah, start. With, well, yeah. Okay, let's get into the episode, and then we'll bounce around a little bit more. Cold open. Oh, we're doing like that? Eh, just a little bit. We'll just talk about the cold open, and then we'll do other things. I didn't like it. You didn't like the cold open? It's a soft cold open. I emotionally liked it. Right. Execution was strange. Well, yeah, I just didn't get why, you know, why. They're in bed. It's the morning. Paul's just staring lovingly at Jamie. He says, I really love you. And she looks at him and says, I really, really, really love you. And then he gets annoyed, and he's like, why has it got to be a competition? Yeah, and it's there's something very, very deadly about a lukewarm, cold open reaction from the audience. Oh, did and they not laugh? That's what they get here. Yeah, it's like it's a soft titter, and then it's just like, into the episode! It's not yeah. quite the launching pad that you need from a thing like this. But boy, do they not know what they're in for. No, they do not. I'll go scene by scene with this one, baby, if you want. I don't have something for everything. But, I mean, look, we start with Paul in a waiting room waiting to see Alan Brady. With Gordon Hunt, we start on a close-up of an Emmy. We sure do. And we pull back to reveal Paul Reiser and his editor, Sid, sitting on a beautiful leather couch in some sort of office waiting room. Yeah. Ugh, and then the weird, needless touch of a coffee boy or a lunch delivery guy coming in and dropping a lunch off at the secretary's desk and her paying right. him. Right. For no reason. Just to make you feel like you're there. Well, then we find out what happens right after that. There's a reason. Oh, the, it's a setup for a joke. It's a setup for a joke. I don't know if you really need the... Yeah, you do. You do. You do. You do. Because the joke is, Paul's asking if he thinks he's going to be really as mad as he used to be. And we don't know who he's talking. Yes. He hasn't revealed who this... Right. This person is watching Paul's and Sid's documentary on the history of television because mm -hmm. they want him to narrate it. Yes. And we don't know who this person is. We just know they're famous. They won an Emmy. They're a legend. Yes. Do you think we can get him for the movie? Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thing we say. And Paul wonders if he's as mad in real life as he was on the show. And then we hear coming from off camera a voice yell. I used to love this guy. He's such a lovable legend. You know, he's just, he's him. I said pumpernickel. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you all heard that sandwich splat on the ground because that is quite a bit of Foley work. He's at it again, baby. <laughs> Best if Foley you, in the game. Must hear TV. If you wondered what a bologna sandwich sounds like when it hits a rug, wonder no more. Now you know. Well, you know, they actually made that sound by dragging a horse's hoof through a pond. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's why I'm no artist. That's why we're not fully artists. Mm -hmm. We ran a Q-tip along the wing of an airplane. <laughs> you know so much. You love this show. <laughs> it's a great intro. It's a great to intro. To this character. Yeah. We go back to... And warranted. The, yeah. We go back to the apartment. There's nothing worse than when you're craving pumpernickel and it's not pumpernickel. Oh. That's all. Because you want a little sour... Yeah. Pumpernickel's so specific. It is. That's all. It's heartbreaking. When it's what? Wheat? White? 
I think heartbreaking is exactly the word I would go for when I get no, the wrong brand. Devastating. You're right. Yeah. yeah devastating. Dev- <laughs> I'm sorry I misspoke before. Yeah. Devastating. Like when a hurricane destroys a town. That's yes. what it is when I don't get the right bread. <laughs> right. It's all relative. <laughs> so we go back to the apartment and Jamie's mom and Jamie's Aunt Lolly are in Paul and Jamie's bed. Is a weird thing. Yeah, this is the rhythm of this episode. We bounce yeah. back and forth a lot between Paul's film world and uh, for some reason, Mrs. Stemple is now just coming into the city nonstop. Yeah. She's there like every day now. She plays a very Sylvia kind of role. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. She's not as fun, but Aunt Lolly, who's right there with her, Aunt is Lolly's a blast. So fun. A great character. They've got this great little exchange about back when Jamie's mom used to be a dancer. Remember how skinny I was when I used to dance? That wasn't you. <laughs> That's such a funny joke. It's also like, it feels like something a mother would say more than a sister. That's how That's much of an true. older sister she is. Yeah. I also love that she's just sitting there with a beer in her hand petting Murray. <laughs> on the bed. <laughs> yeah, Aunt Lolly. She's a very specific kind of old broad. I love it. We could all be a little more like her. We could. <laughs> we segue into the next scene. Paul is getting home. And he's very excited because we learned that he got Alan Brady. The character finally has a name. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get Alan Brady for this episode. It's such an exciting moment. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the moment we penetrate the universe. <laughs> yeah, you said it. But the moment we penetrate the universe is uh, when Alan Brady. There's a lot of a very decent amount of hyperbole. Is that one of the side effects of Benadryl? No, I am obsessed with this episode. <laughs> it's pretty great. So we get, this is something that I thought was fun. They're very excited. And Paul tells Jamie that she is invited out to dinner that night with the two of them. And she says she cannot go because she has a meeting. And then Fran arrives to, because that they, uh, well, uh, why does Fran arrive? Do we well, know why Fran It's arrives? a business meeting. Right. And they're partners now. Are they partners now? Aren't they? Didn't Fran go back to work? Maybe. That friend went back to work. Probably. All right. Cool. So they're partners now. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, everyone, we don't pay as much attention as we used to. (laughs) To the little details, you know? So Fran swings by. That's not the meat of the show. The meat of the show is the joy within the scenes. And Paul wants to know why Jamie can't go. She's got a meeting. They're figuring out who the meeting is with. And Well, Paul's trying to guess because Jamie's like, you never listen to me. Right. So Fran's doing Paula solid by doing charades yes. behind Jamie's back to indicate who the meeting's with, etc. Which, by the way, I could do without. What? I'm like, look, it's fun. It's tropey. It's ham-fisted, the way they it, get into charades. Yes. But then charades has such a good payoff. Charades is delightful. <laughs> Every time she does it, you get a joke. And they're <laughs> so weird. Can you explain the Sting one to me? I've never seen it. I know it's about a heist, right? It's about Paul Newman and Robert Redford are grifters, basically. And there's something they're, they're, with a they're... watch? I didn't think so, but maybe. Fran's doing <laughs> like a, an, a, an arm wind-up to her. Yeah. Because Fran's proud because she's like, oh, I was like the best charades player in my camp or whatever. For three years, yeah. And then she starts just doing charades to whoever's listening. Yeah. <laughs> and she does a wind-up with her hand and brings the point, point her finger over to her uh, imaginary watch. And I guess that's the sting. And she says the sting, yeah. So you know these don't make any sense. Right. And what's great is Paul and Jamie go into the kitchen, and when they come out, Fran's doing, and Russ alluded to this earlier, Fran's doing like a weird, just like a hand moving like water kind of, and Paul just sees it goes, bridge over troubled water. Yeah. They nail it, those two. Uh, oh, while we, they, yeah. No, I was going to say, while they're in the kitchen. Yes. We get a proto-Borat yes. is what we get. The wife? My wife. You said the wife. The my wife. Uh-huh. The my wife. I'm begging you. Bridge over troubled water. Yes! <laughs> Russ, we wrote down the same clips. <laughs> we sure do. Oh. My wife. The, the my wife. The my I wife. Like... <laughs> Isn't that wild? Oh, my gosh. Is it possible that on Comedy Bang Bang, they were actually referencing this the whole time? Maybe. <laughs> Next time I see Scott Ackerman, I'll be Yeah, sure you to ask, ask him. him. Yeah. <laughs> and if he doesn't answer your question within 24 hours, retweet at him. I will. Hey, uh, excuse me. <laughs> oh, and then we get a f- uh, whoa, a signature yeah. about you filthy joke. Yeah. Where, uh, why? I forget why Jamie's mad at Paul. Because, because he, he asked, no, he asked if she was going to wear what she's wearing. to. The oh, meeting. that's right. Which is the same she, thing her mother asked her before. 
Yeah. In the previous scene. So Jamie charades to Paul the following. You gonna win it? Paul? What? Two words. First word. Sounds like duck. Second word. Yeah. Off. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Duck off. Crowd loves it. They sure do. And spoiler alert or foreshadowing or whatever. This is not the dirtiest joke of this episode. No. <laughs> I also forgot what I was going to say. Okay. Great. That's the Benadryl. Let's move on. <laughs> to one of the greatest scenes in Mad About You history. What an entrance. Here we go. What are you doing? What? What are you doing? I was just sitting. Where? Right here. Where? At your table. Where at my table? Right here. Where? In the chair. What chair? This chair. Whose chair? Your chair. Aha! <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I love Alan Brady showing up in this restaurant so, so much. The chair bit is like, uh, oh, it's perfect. It's like music. It's perfect. It's so well done by the two of them. I don't know how many times I've asked this on this podcast. I've never meant it more than this. Literally, who is funnier in this world than Carl Reiner? I don't know. Mel Brooks? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. He might be it. They're a great duo. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. He's so, how? he. This is such an amazing performance. How much do you love The Jerk? Oh, I got to see it. He's in that? He directed it. Uh, how, you've never seen The Jerk? Nah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, Johnny. I know. I know. It's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah, bump it up. Uh, well, yeah, but uh, you want me to bump it up above the Roaring Cape Man? <laughs> or whatever? We'll figure it out. The Cape Man on Broadway? You do 10 minutes of each. Yeah. <laughs> They say if you play them at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's infuriating. <laughs> then, uh, so then Jamie comes in. Yes. Uh, they've made it clear that Jamie was, in fact, not supposed to show. Right. He does a whole thing. He's like, you, your wife, you got kids, or whatever. You're going to feed your whole family? So then Jamie. Yeah. Paul, and then Paul she goes to the bathroom. Up. Jamie shows up. Paul <laughs> freaks out and tries shoving her out of the room. And then he's like, oh, shoot. He already thinks you're coming anyway. So then he tells her to sit down and she sits in Alan's chair and Paul freaks out. So it's so good. It's, it's so it's fast. It's so funny. Yeah. This is such a fast. This is maybe one of the fastest scenes in the show. It's really great. It's I love Lucy level fast. Yeah. I wonder how like this must it's like a proper a farce. The, yeah, it is. Oh, it's basically a British farce. Why are you giving that over to them? <laughs> no. Is it, a, is it a French farce? Yeah, it's a very Moliere-esque. <laughs> in that it's Spe not funny, but every uh, every teacher calls it a farce. <laughs> Speaking of British farces, this episode had a, has a uh, an interview with uh, Paul and Helen about it. With where the dude from uh, NYU on the DVD? Wait, really? I missed it. Yeah, it does. I I haven't. I didn't watch it yet. But yeah, I can, it's on I can only imagine. So uh, I must say. Uh... I wonder yeah. how sexier this episode would have been in the mm. black and white. <laughs> yeah, so... Couldn't get Imogene Coca? <laughs> we learn that Alan is not going to do the episode, uh, or the movie anymore, rather. Yeah, we go to the next scene. Alan yeah. shows up with a copy of the tape, and he's like, I'm not doing it. I'm barely in it. I'm in this thing for six minutes. And then we get a great list of... This is like a Studio 60... List of sketches, but old-fashioned. Yeah. He's like, where's the bowling pin sketch? Where's the <laughs> piano player with the itch sketch? Where's my singing with Fabian? We have to look up. I know Fabian. Fabian Forte? Yeah. Yeah. American Bandstand, apparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, he did a bunch of beach movies and Frankie Avalon stuff. And ah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet he was a good guy. Probably. Or whatever. <laughs> So, the bowling pin sketch? Ugh. Piano the piano player with, play with the itch is so simple. It's very dumb. And he does a little mime of it. <laughs> yes. And you would have to be, it's like a Victor Borga if he if he sold out a little. Because he's <laughs> yeah. a little more intellectual. But mm -hmm. the piano player with the itch sketch, I'm imagining, is you need a really talented piano player who's got a really bad itch all over his body, but never, the song's erupted. Yes, absolutely. Right? But he has to play with one hand suddenly, and then he grabs an itch and switches the hands, and then, it, yep. you know. Yeah. It's very impressive. Very impressive. Haven't even <laughs> seen it. Impressed. Oh, you, you got to see this sketch, everybody. <laughs> so. Oh, and then when he leaves, we get a great little vaudeville kind of joke. Tell me. That's all I'm saying. 
Always good to see you, Sam. Say hello to Gladys. It's Sid. Say hello to Sid. Oh, that's so good. Uh. So it then becomes incumbent upon Paul to find other narrators. And everybody he's listening is dead. Oh, baby. Are they? Have you heard of any of these? I had to look them all up, which well, made me sad. Here's what happened with me. Uh-huh. The first one they list is George Goebel. Right. He is a real person. They all are. They all are, yes. Charlie Weaver, were you able to find comedian? Well, Charlie Weaver's a character. Okay. It turns out, played by Cliff Arquette, who's David Arquette's grandpa. Interesting. Yep. Famous for her, his persona, played on numerous television shows of Charlie Weaver. Okay. Because when I just searched for Charlie Weaver, I'm pretty sure the only thing I got was a politician and maybe some other guy. Oh, interesting. I, was like, I don't think that's it. I got this page. The, uh, <laughs> it's not like the, I just saw that and was like, oh, yeah, Cliff Arquette. Oh, I know Charlie Weaver. Yeah, yeah. I love Charlie Weaver. <laughs> the third name was Tina Louise. Yes, Ginger. Yes. From Here's Gilligan's how Island. I thought that Tina Louise was, I thought that that was a really weird joke about him listing a punk I thought that Tina Louise was a member of Andy Warhol's <laughs> crew. Like, Based on what? I don't know. It Nothing? Just, I, I think I was thinking of like Wendy, uh, not, oh, what's her name? I was going to say Wendy Darling, but that's the girl from Peter Pan. Oh, that also sounds like a Warhol yeah, follower. Some, I thought that. That would be hilarious. Yeah. And I was just like, all of a sudden, Paul is just like, we can get Tina Louise you know, some cool neo-freak yeah, punk sure. to narrow. I was like, weird. And I freak out to Jen. I was like, he wants to get this punk Tina Louise in it? And she's just like, that's Ginger from Gilligan's Island. Oh, she she had that? it at the ready. She just wow. knew Wow. I had to look it up. <laughs> and then she's like, who do you think Tina Louise is? <laughs> uh, I'm looking oh, up man, Factory man. Girls. And it's taking too long. <laughs> Ultraviolet? I don't think that's Oh, Isabel Dufres Dufresne? Dufresne, like me I, I'm not even sure. Nico, but, of course. Right. This is Oh, hard. you know what? I it's even it hard like, looking at the article to parse out names of people. Either Andy Warhol or you know who else I thought it was? I thought it was one of the people from Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side. Because <sighs> he pulled all of those names from real sure. people too. Sure. And I thought that that was it. <laughs> Goebel sounds like Goebbels to me, which is weird. Yes, that also weirded right? me out. <laughs> and I've heard it mentioned a lot in the last two days. <laughs> Goebbels? One other time. No, Goebel. Okay, good. I'm like, Still what circles? Strange. Are, yeah, I'm like, what circles are you hanging out in? Oh, yeah. I went to a friend's Nazi rally. <laughs> just, to, just to see. Just not to see. An, not a good friend. Yeah, yeah, an acquaintance. I was being polite. Oh, <laughs> Yes, he's trying to find. So we just the whole sequence of him just trying to find any old narrators, just a list of old names. Right. Very fun. Sid also, upon hearing the name Tina Louise, goes, I can't call her. Yeah. <laughs> They've got a pass. <laughs> that old dog. Paul is watching. Well, wait, we go back to. Wait, when do we go to sushi? Oh, I didn't have anything to say about sushi. Wait, what dirty joke are you thinking of then? I'm thinking. Oh, about- that's at the sushi restaurant, but later. Yes. Here's what I'll say about sushi. Yeah. We get, we get a sushi scene to, you know, cut up this Alan Brady story a little. Right. Lisa, the Stemple girls go to lunch. Right. At a sushi restaurant. And Mrs. Stemple's sitting in the middle. And you got Lisa on one side, Jamie on the other. Yep. And uh, this scene's written like a sketch. Yeah. That's all. They play they, ping pong with their mom's attention. And it's... Yes. Uh, Friends does it, too, with Ross and Monica and their parents, sort of like... Sure. You bring up something about the other person's life to get the mom to focus on that. Right. But at one point, Jamie says Lisa's thinking of joining a cult. And Mrs. Steppel turns to her yeah. and says, again? <laughs> that, that was fun. I'd love to hear about Lisa's cult days. So would I. I would love an episode where she's maybe in one, but it's not clear. <laughs> so so yeah. then, yeah, then we get back and Paul is watching an Alan Brady video. He decides it's got to be the one to do the narration. And as he's watching, he recognizes somebody. A woman walks past in a sketch And we see, and we hear, because Paul says it out loud, that the woman walking past Alan Brady is Jamie's mom. Yes. And it's a very fun scene also because we get, they shoot an old-fashioned, it looks like a Sid Caesar sketch. Yes. They're like on a fake street with a fake backdrop. It's clearly a stage. Yep. It's in black and white. 
Carl Reiner's arguing with his wife about how he's not a flirt, but then every time a girl walks by, he flirts with them. Yes. And the wife is played by Alex Elias. Oh, yeah? Who, uh, I didn't really look at her TV credits. Probably should have. <laughs> she played one of the nuns in the original House of Blue Leaves. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. And she also was on Broadway a bunch, including in Hello, Dolly. Not as an nice. original, but as a replacement. Sure. And the musical Two Gentlemen of Verona from the 70s, which I believe was also written by John Guare. It was. Cool. I didn't realize that. I so don't she's think a real Guarehead. <laughs> oh, yeah, the public tried. Interesting. Isn't he your favorite playwright? Uh, I like his stuff a great deal. I thought you said he was your favorite. I think I said that Chaucer in Rome was my favorite play. Oh, God. I thought you were going to say Chaucer was your favorite writer. I was like, no. oh, brother. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, I'm not that guy. Uh, anyway, I like her. Yeah? She's an old New York actress. For sure. She's great. That's all I need. And uh, playing Jamie's mom, I believe, is uh, just Helen Hunt. Yeah? Yes. it looks. I mean, it looks exactly like her. Yeah. Very fun. So Lisa sees this. And says, this explains why I'm so screwed up. I'm a showbiz kid. Yes, right. She feels so validated. Yeah, she loves this. Because uh, her mom, their mom never mentioned any of this to them. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that when we get to that later and she does, it's like, because this feels like it could be a super contrived part of the episode. Right. Like it could be like they had an old affair and he they need to have her confront him or something yeah, to get him yeah, to yeah 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 but it only factors marginally into the main plot of the episode yeah they twist it around kind of nicely which i um, like and throughout the you know paul's main thrust remains once he decides that he can't replace alan brady it becomes how can i get alan brady to be nicer to me and to let me have the movie the way i want the movie to be right we know how temperamental paul can get as an artist right and so he's not willing to budge. He's got to figure out a way to break Alan Brady. And so once we have this information about Jamie's mom, then it becomes Paul trying to ask her for leads and tips. How can I get him to like me? And as he's doing all of this, Jamie's mom brought food for them and she's loading up the fridge. And one of the things she says as she loads up the fridge is, I'm rearranging your eggs which is yes. the funniest thing anybody has ever said yes. on this show, maybe. What a weird, great line. Yeah, that is insane. <laughs> she then drops the bomb that Alan Brady used to date Aunt Lolly. Yep. Cut Back to? in the Catskills. Yeah. Then we smash cut to the sake bar. With Aunt Lolly. Hey, barkeep. Another sake. <laughs> oh. Oh. She's great. She's great. You know what was fun about this episode? There were so many old actors. Yeah. Between that's a Sid good point. and Alan Brady and Aunt Lolly. Yeah. I was in like heaven. Yeah. Very old people in this show. Yeah. They're the best. <laughs> Aunt Lolly was with all the comedians in the Catskills back in oh, the day. My dream. She played and the harp in Gross Singer's Lobby. That's really fun. She, was, then, she probably knew Jackie Mason. She probably did. And then. She has this to say about Alan Brady. Well, nothing. He was just like his act. Six minutes of great material and no finish. (laughs) Oh, boy. Wait, is that the dirty joke? That's the dirty joke. Oh, there's a dirtier one. Six minutes of great material and no finish? (laughs) Dirtier than that? I mean, I don't know. As dirty. I don't know what you're talking about. Moment later. Well, so... (laughs) Hey, that's such a, I, I love that, even though it's yeah, so corny. Yeah, that's great. So that also clues them in, right? It's like, oh, no, sorry. She keeps talking right. about how uh, Alan would still play around even when they were going out. So then she would, too, to get back at him. And he was a very jealous man. Yes. Which and, gives uh, Paul his strategy. Yes, he was jealous because she dated all the guys. She dated Sid Caesar, she says. And Fat Jack Leonard. Yes, you know what's insane when she said Sid Caesar? Ooh, that's one. Said Sid Caesar. <laughs> I didn't even register it until you just said it because if I watch it twice today, but I oh, yeah? think my brain was just like, yes, she did Alan Brady. And then. Yeah. Yeah. You. Because Carl Reiner is Alan Brady is Sid Caesar. It's insane. Yeah, that's true. But then she goes, Paul asked, did you ever go out with Milton Berle? <laughs> oh, right. That's right. And, I and she this just one. goes, it's true. Ooh. You know that. You know that <laughs> I one. I do know that one. That's pretty dirty. Yeah, that's a very good point. 
for those who don't know, I only know this from the Gilbert Gottfried podcast because they talk about it every episode. <laughs> he was famously... Milton Berle is, is legendarily very well endowed. Like, too well. Too... too <laughs> true, like, there's ju- the multiple jokes about how well endowed he is. Yes. Famous. Yes. And a mazel. God bless him. There was some Joe's who was saying, uh, what's his name was saying? Uh, Alan's Bell, I think, was on the Gilbert Godfrey podcast last week. And he said one of the old jokes is, because uh, at the Friars Club, I guess they had a gym and a steam room, which is amazing. Sure. But one of them was like, I saw Milton Burl in the locker room. I thought he brought his son. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dirty joke for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Brady comes over for dinner. And Paul has this new idea of how to get him to do the movie. And he says, I'm not changing anything. Alan Brady takes it, asks Paul for a piece of paper and a pencil. He writes down, have hearing check. Which and is, puts it is in his pocket. theatrical as like hanging Mel Brooks out the window. That's very true. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's like, this is what you would do in fake life, but you're doing it in real life. Yeah. I mean, it's also funny because it's the prototype for the old note to self joke. Sure, right. I'm like, it's an analog version of that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Literal note to self. N- yes. <laughs> and so he says, Paul says, I'm not changing the movie. Alan says, fine, then goodbye. Paul and Jamie have a great bit of physical comedy, putting Alan Brady's coat on him and off him. Oh, this is a four clapper. It's great. I yeah, mean, for sure. Big time. Yeah. So Jamie's like, let him stay. And she keeps taking Alan's coat off. And Paul's saying, no, 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 he's leaving. And put, keeps putting it back on. Yeah. And eventually Alan loses his temper. Yeah. Oh, but it's he also ha- he has a great line right before this that I love. Because it so clearly speaks to like the egos of like some of these legends. Uh-huh. He just goes, this is what I get for stepping off the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good line. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good line, and also I love that you love that line. Like that's a great line for John to love. Oh somehow. yeah, and he delivers it so perfectly. Oh man, we get something here which I knew the rhythm of it, and I had to verify with Jen that you know. Wait, is this about to be the big fun full-on map? Because I got that clip noted. Yeah, go for it. Move on, okay, Mr. Brady. Again, thank you and good evening. It was nice meeting you, kid. Give my regards to Oblivion. <laughs> This lasagna smells good. What did you put in this? Oh, noodles and tomato sauce and cheese on Yeah, because you've only seen one episode. Yeah, but I was just like, this sounds and feels right. very familiar. For those who don't know, that is exactly what Mary Tyler Moore does to Dick Van Dyke's character on The Dick Van Dyke Show numerous times. All the time. All the time. And so I, she goes, oh, Rob. Yeah. I asked Jen. I was just like, that's from Dick Van Dyke, right? And she says, yes. And then yeah. she pulled up a clip. There's a video of a supercut of Oh, Rob's. Oh, wow. On YouTube. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. High school me would have loved that. <laughs> After she showed me that, she, uh, she played me a clip. She was like, here's a classic Alan Brady. And it was apparently an episode where Laura mentioned. His toupee. On TV, his toupee. Yes. Yeah, and just watching him pile toupees on his head and freak out about and put his foot up and knock the phone off onto the floor. And he picks up the phone and just growls on it. Yeah, right. It is so freaking funny. It's a great show, man. Oh, I like that would be a really fun thing to dive really deep into. Uh, Next podcast. Oh, I'd do it. In, In four years or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I would too. You know what I was thinking about? I was like, you know, Maury Amsterdam is the only clear Jew on that staff. Interesting. Oh well. Well, what about Carl Reiner? He's not on the staff. Oh, uh, in oh, the, sorry, in the, the Alan show. Brady staff. Yeah, in the Dick gotcha. Van Dyke show, it's Dick Van Dyke, Gentile. Yep. Rosemary, who I think is also Gentile. Okay. And Maury Amsterdam, because she plays um, uh, Sally Rogers. Okay. Right. And the other guy's Rob Petrie, and then mm-hmm. Maury Amsterdam plays Buddy Sorrell. <laughs> Which doesn't feel true to life, but I wonder if the network had a. I wonder if they're like, oh no 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 no, we're not we're not doing a sitcom about a Jewish family. You want to ask Paul Reiser? Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to ask Carl Reiner. 
Oh, man. Well, you know what? Ask Mel Brooks and ask Mel to ask Paul. <laughs> or Carl, rather. Oh, and then Paul, a beat later, Paul does a subtle Dick Van Dyke nod with the Ottoman. Uh, yes. The whole staged bit is essentially Sid, his editor, was waiting down in the lobby. Yep. And he comes in. He's like, Paul, I got big news. And then they go outside. And then a beat happens. And Paul comes back. And he's giddy. And he, he almost walks into the Ottoman. He hops over it. Mm-hmm. And he asks Jamie to join him in the kitchen. And then they come right back out. Yep. Oh, and it's so, it's so mind-bendy. The big news is they don't need Alan Brady anymore because they got Sid Caesar to narrate it. That's really funny. And he is furious about it. Oh. Alan Brady said, Caesar's a genius, brilliant physical comedian, which will be terrific for a narrator. Oh, it's so great. Oh, and also the laugh when he's just like, Sid Caesar? I heard of him. I heard of him. That's so fun. Oh, man, oh, the, man. Then it's touching moments at the end. So, you know, Alan Brady comes around, of course, because he's jealous. He's like, right. tell you what, you're clearly in a jam. I'll help you out. Yeah. Because these egomaniacs can never just admit they were wrong. Right. Jamie belies the lie by saying, really, you will? Yeah. It's like, right. hey, pl- play it cool, lady. You're supposed <laughs> to have Sid Caesar in your back pocket. She does <laughs> such a good Mary Tyler Moore. She's great. So they, they do a callback to the whole chair routine. Yes. And Paul says to Carl Reiner, he says, uh, Mr. Brady, you're sitting in my chair. And he goes, and? Yeah. And he just lights up and he's like, and I'm thrilled. It's great. It's it really feels so, ge- like, so genuine on every level. Yeah. And that takes us out of the episode proper. Ugh. We come back for the tag, which is in black and white. Ugh. And it is Paul and Jamie and Alan Brady talking about, what are they talking about, John? The funniest way to interact with an ottoman. Now this is, okay, because you're expecting falling, right? So I'm walking and all of a sudden, I sit. Sitting has never been funny. Never. Sitting. Whistler's mother sitting. Who laughs? All right, right, let me just bounce this off you. Gosh, that's good. I don't know why these jokes are funny to me. And they're not funny to anyone else anymore. And I don't know why they're funny at all. But like, when he goes, sitting has never been funny. Whistler's mother sitting. Who laughs? I laughed my butt off at me, that me too but it's like why does it what is that even what are you talking about that's a funny thing to say why would you bring up whistler's mother but you know what on second thought that's what she it is is sitting and yeah you're right i don't laugh at that painting <laughs> great point it's such a weird way to i like it's so the opposite of the way jokes are made now <laughs> you know yeah and the well now pattern. jokes are just uh, penis this and breasts uh, so- that don't get me started. <laughs> oh, and, and then the PC police. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, PC police, if you're a Rise guy or a Rise gal, you're welcome here. And we thank you for listening to this episode. John, I love this Mad About You episode. It's one of my favorites. It's a great one. I think it makes it takes the show to the next level for me. I had a really, really good time watching it. That's for sure. It's kind of a good time talking about it, too, you know? Yeah. This show is an expression of how nerdy he is. I love watching. You get to see Paul Reiser love things a lot. Yes. Yes. And he loves this. Instead of kvetching the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Folks, <laughs> thanks again for listening. We have a website, don't we, John? Yeah, we do. It's madaboutyoupod.com. Go to it. It's weird to say a website. That's true. I almost said the email again. Go to it. <laughs> You can listen to all the episodes there. You can comment on them. We got links if you want to go to Amazon and buy the series because it's like $25 mm-hmm. for the whole thing. So just do, do it. it. Do it's it. It's worth do it. it. It's worth it for this episode. That's a very good point. This is a $25 episode right here. Right here. Boom. Also, you can tweet at us at MadAboutYouPod. You can Facebook us at MadAboutYouPod. And you can email us MadAboutYouPod at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Yeah. Head on over to iTunes or rather Apple Podcasts. And give us a rating and review and uh, subscribe. Five stars. And this is the 60 by 60 campaign. So, oh, yes. Uh, ha- hashtag it's 60 by 60. Find a fun quote or a not fun quote. Write down anything that we said in this episode. And then uh, hashtag it's 60 by 60 and leave us five stars. Yeah, it's trippy. Yeah. <laughs> For us. Yeah. Follow us down the rabbit hole. Yeah, won't you? <laughs> We have a theme song. It sounds like this. It's by Mr. John D. Ivy, the best in the biz. Thank you so much, John. And our logo is by Mr. Nathan Diffie. Find him on Twitter at Nathan D-I-F-F-E-E. Thank you, Nathan. And our sound was mixed by Mr. Vuk Ivanovich. Thank you, Vuk. Great job, bud. John, 
I'll speak to you soon. Please be well and feel better, huh? Oh, I'll try. I'm gonna go pop another Benadryl. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Living life. Oh, FYI. I uh, will tweet. If I remember to tweet it, there was an hour long panel on YouTube of the Sid Caesar writers just talking. That sounds pretty at good. At the Writers me. Guild in the 90s. Enjoy. <laughs> I certainly will. This has been another episode of Mad About Mad About You. Rise, guys, and rise, gals. Please tune in again soon. I'm Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. And. This, this is, is what, what we're, we're saying. saying.